I like having written. Like the process of writing is, you know, writing music is you know, long and hard and occasionally boring and occasionally very frust frustrating. But to sort of sit back and look at a piece of music that you've created that works and is like a self-contained organism and that satisfaction um, is a wonderful, wonderful part of composing. Hey there, and thanks for tuning in every Friday to Blocks of Art, the podcast about a kid that talks to other, much more talented kids. I'm your host, Kevin Galvez, and this week, we're talking to Ben Cauley, someone with a passion for composing classical music. He talks about how boring the work process is, but how it all pays off in the end. So, take it away. I'm Ben Cauley. I'm 14, a ninth grader, and um, I'm a classical composer, uh, which I guess is sort of... The, the novelty here, uh, and I go to school, the special music school, which is right in Lincoln Center. It's really new. Part of the reason I went there is because the, they're the only like, public music school that has a composition major. I got started singing in a Anglican boys choir on 29th Street, which I did for up, right up until last year, from, since when I was eight. So I did it for six years, and I did four years singing a little soprano, and I did the last two as bass. Um, and there I discovered piano, Pretty early on, there was this lovely old Irish lady who was just there at the church. Um, this old lady Monica would I'd sit with her half an hour before choir practice, and I would play a little piano. I've done mostly piano work, but yeah, I'm a classical composer. <laughs> wow, so eight years old. Yeah, no, wait. So eight <laughs> years old was that when you first started doing anything creative, or did you like dabble before that? I was singing. I've been singing since I was since before I can remember. And I, I, I remember it was fifth, fourth grade. No, it must have been second or third grade. I had expressed interest in being in a choir to my dad, and he looked around, and I think, um, and I was set up. I went to one of their concerts very reluctantly and sat through it. It was really boring to me at the time. So how, how does that interest come about? I mean, like... I know, yeah. Man, you're young. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not old. I'm not an adult by any means, but, like, from the start, you know, singing and going into this, and even, like, at the age of eight... I, I was like playing with Legos. I was not doing any <laughs> I with like Legos so much. Yeah, I wasn't doing like any honed training or practice towards one craft. How how'd you it's get into that? It, it's kind of it's kind of happened in the in the last two years, um, where from playing the piano, I would just you know I would if you if you fiddle around with the piano and you if your parents make you practice um, and you don't want to practice you improvise you fiddle around on the piano and they don't know better because I have a keyboard so I just put in my headphones and they have they have no idea that I'm I'm not playing um, what, what I should be playing and sort of from there I I sort of played played with music and I I was taking theory and I sort of also discovered music theory on my own uh, and that brought my composing to another level that I could sort of see what I was doing from a slightly higher perspective. And then in seventh grade, I started taking um, composition courses. Uh, and I, it was sort of just a casual title. I was go, went mostly said I would play piano. Um, and I didn't listen to classical music. And I actually haven't started listening to classical music until just in 2015. Um, watching scores on YouTube was the only reason I could ever sit through uh, 
you know, a classical piece that's longer than three minutes because I could, I could look at it and I could not even maybe know what's going on in a musical sense, but I could just see that this is the notes that are being played and this is what they look like on paper and I could see it in some broader scope and I think that that, that allowed, that was my gateway into classical music and from there I've filled my iPad and my computer with obscene amounts of <laughs> MP3s off of YouTube. It's a funny thing, it's really, it's fun and easy to sing classical music or play classical music, but I, I couldn't listen to it for, <laughs> for six years. Um, and I've just, just now sort of started and, and getting further and further into all of that. Yeah, that's the other thing, composition. <laughs> Not that it's obscure, it's just, you know, a lot of people go the singing or the, you know, the playing route. Composition is, you know, peeling that back and working on it. It's, um, I think it, I'd like to, I'd like to think analytically. I think that helps and I, I see, I see a lot of, I try to see a, what I, a lot of what I do through the lens of, of music theory. And I, I think I would almost call it obscure because, you know, classical music is the subculture of, of, um, of popular music. I, I, I don't know when it happened. I just, I created, um, and I sort of always doing that. And I think I just sort of fiddled my way into taking classes for it. How does that work composing? Is it like my, my image is you would sit down, dim the lights a little, put the candlestick to the side <laughs> and you know, start writing notes. Is that how it goes? Um, man, I wish, I wish I could, I wish I could do that. I, I lean on the piano a lot in the sense that for a while, you know, it was, it's like refined improvisation. And that sort of just happens naturally to a performer. If, if you improvise something enough times, it just takes form, um, sort of gradually. And that's what a lot of my pieces were and what they still are, um, is just, I've, I sit at the piano and I play and I play and I do this thing now kind of as an exercise is where I'll pick progression or something and I'll play through it until there's something that comes out as a fully formed piece and that's kind of that's how I did it for a while but now the further and further I go into it the more and more I try to think on the paper and think in the heads but I'm not there I'm not as there as I would like to be and how much time do you spend working on it I wish I spent a lot more time as soon as, as soon as it becomes like what you do you the it's funny the time time spent on it uh, drops and I, I do a lot more of, of the summer um, I usually come the day before I have something due or something to show because I think the the level of like I need to do this and it needs to get done now because I have to have something to show tomorrow that sort of drives it but also like the best like the best pieces I've ever written come almost fully formed just sort of in, in one big sweep you know, that may be like half an hour uh, and maybe five minutes. But yeah, I, I try more and more to spend a consistent, because if you knock out a little bit each day or play with an idea a little bit each day, you, you get a lot, uh, you get quite far along, like a month or a week, more than, more than you would think. And uh, the school you go to, I mean... I don't know. I don't want to be the one to break it to you, but <laughs> it's not a usual thing for public schools to put such an emphasis on music and, you know, this following this creativity. What do you think that does for you? 
What do you, what do you mean? Like me as a, well, like the structure of a school, what's it like to be surrounded by other, other people and, and being able to actually major in something like composition? There's a, there's a level of focus. There's a, there's a level of not being the one music nerd, but being the, the many music nerd, but also encountering people's uh, playing. Like I never, ever call myself a pianist anymore because I've met real pianists uh, who play real piano repertoire and are ridiculous and amazing uh, with their instrument. And I think it's, it's broadened my scope um, on music, but you know, we're all just you know, 9th, 10th, and 11th graders who are in high school and there's still the same sort of drum and mundanity and teenager aspects to everything that goes on just as equally. Still some classic high school drama, that's funny. <laughs> what do you think like creates that gap between you and, you know, as you said, at the real pianist? I think I never it's just I didn't ever take the piano seriously enough. And I don't think it was also my I didn't have as much exposure to classical music. I feel like there are the classical musicians that have been raised with it because they're uh, you know, parents listen to it and their parents listen to it and it's sort of been this tradition that was handed down to them and I think some of them find it uh, rather spontaneously and, and they stick with it. They fall in love with the music and they've known it all their life. You know, and apart from that clear dedication to craft maybe earlier, what would you say are some of the hardest things about composition? The hardest things about composition? Oh, I, I complain about this a lot to my girlfriend when I'm writing, is that if, if you play like the violin, you can just sit down and at the very least mechanically hammer out notes on the violin, but you, it's hard to just like be creative with, with what you're trying to do in the sense that I can't just like sit down and hammer out a melody or hammer out a piece uh, in the same way that an instrumentalist can just mechanically do that. You know, and a bunch of this is, you know, comes from inspiration, right? So what are some other pieces that... My, my influences? Yeah. Um, I used to be a complete ripoff of Philip Glass. He's scored numerous, numerous movies. Uh, the Hour, uh, Kwanaskazi, which is a famous movie from, from the 80s. Um, it's very, it's easy to listen to. Um, it's, it's very accessible for people who don't listen to classical music and it's the idea is repetition and sort of how do you take this one texture and how do you build it up and build it down. Um, whereas a lot of you know 19th century, 18th century classical music is about form and this idea starts and this idea ends uh, and that is a concise movement of A to B and we'll go back to back to A but minimalism uh, especially Philip Glass is sort of about this this growing repetition um, that is very attractive to the ear. And you mentioned uh, like movie scores uh, any examples of those that you know <laughs> I, I went to see the um, Star Wars, actually. And really? John Williams. John Williams is... He's amazing in what he does and the way that the music he writes mirrors... Um, mirrors the, uh, you know, the film that he's, that he's scoring and be able to really successfully do that is, is 
sort of amazing. Um, it's funny that you brought up Star Wars because something like that has to take a completely different form. Like you have to view it from a completely different yeah. viewpoint from even like the, the music side. How would you say your experience watching a movie like that differs from, you know, maybe like the average consumer? Um, I think I, I just try to pay attention rather like uh, one, of the, one of the amazing things he does is for each character, he has a theme. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, just a little musical idea or musical phrase. And actually, it's, it's quite obvious. If you watch the new movie, when, uh, when Rey sort of gets her big sort of cameo and she comes in, there's a, there's a very particular theme that accompanies her. And it, it surfaces in her uh, fight at the end of the movie. Um, but when there are multiple characters in the scene, sometimes he'll have the different themes interplaying the same way that the characters are. Uh, and I think that like, that is mind-blowing that you could, you, can, you can make that music act the same way that the, you know, the film is going. Um, and just also just from a musical standpoint and like a, that, yeah, that you could take these different musical ideas and uh, sort of mess with them or modulate them to where they are compatible with each other is really, really quite amazing to me. I, I totally admire him for that, and it's also something that uh, Wagner, who's a famous opera writer, he wrote a 15-hour opera, I've never listened to it, but uh, called Das Rheingold. It's actually, I think, uh, it's a lot of inspiration in The Lord of the Rings. Uh, a lot of that comes from the folklore and stuff from, from the Rheingold uh, cycles. And he did exactly that. He would have, he was sort of the beginning of that, where you had these little phrases for characters and when there were scenes with those characters, those little musical phrases and ideas would play in the scene the same way that uh, the characters would. I think that's, um, that's sort of mind-blowing to me that you can, you can make that work from a musical perspective. I gotta go watch it again. <laughs> I gotta focus on the music this time. If you were given a chance to score any movie, what would you do? Oh, oh man. Um, I wonder... What movie? What, what movie would I score? I'm trying to think of I'm trying to think of good movies that I've seen recently. I've been watching a lot. Um, ooh, if I could. <laughs> Sorry, this question is taking more time than it should. No. <laughs> um, you know, I don't know. I don't know. For some, I'm, I'm pulling a blank, and I can't. Okay. <laughs> we could come back to that. Yeah. Don't worry about that. So, what's your favorite part about composing? My favorite when you. When you look back at a score, I like, I think this is something actually Vince Gilligan said, is I like having written. Like the process of writing is, you know, writing music is you know, long and hard and occasionally boring and occasionally very frust frustrating. But to sort of sit back and look at a piece of music that you've created that works and is like a self-contained organism it, it almost feels like the music isn't yours anymore. Um, and that's almost what you want. You want it to be this sort of full and complete thing. And that satisfaction um, is a wonderful, wonderful part of composing. Hmm. How often do you get to cure your own work? Is it more you hand the assignment in and you analyze it and view it from the written form or do you actually get to hear it? I, I mean, mostly I get to hear it because I most of my pieces have been for piano. The, the past two pieces that I've written that are big, I've been for uh, strings as well, the ones I just talked about. 
Um, but I, I get to hear my own work a lot on the piano. But in terms of it being performed, it's, it's I've only had like one sort of performance, um, which was in in May, um, and that was wonderful. I got to sit down and sort of talk with the uh, instrumentalists, and and my composition teacher was there. And the biggest thing I got from that was uh, just extended sort of techniques for uh, the cello in that case that I just didn't know. But no, I love I love the and I don't like to perform my own music because I like the idea that I didn't make it for me to perform. I made it for someone else to perform. Mm -hmm. So I even though I play my own music a lot on the piano, I try to never perform it. Um, and it is always incredibly interesting when you have especially when I haven't talked to the performers, which happened over the summer a couple of times, uh, it's, you know, which is always sort of the best test of how well you did at, at uh, writing the piece rather than you know, actually constructing it. Um, it's so interesting to see someone take reasonably what you've created and swing it in a completely opposite direction. I wrote this sort of, for me, very jazzy piano piece over the, over the summer, Rondo in Red, uh, and, um, and someone took it in just a completely different different place than I did, uh, though luckily the chill and piano piece landed right where I wanted it to um, after the summer when it was performed again, but yeah. Let's say, what is it? Uh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Um, was it, let's, let's say I take away your pen, your paper, your computer, your keyboard, whatever it is you, you know, your tools. What do you see yourself doing if you weren't able to compose? I don't think that I necessarily have a need to create so much as I have a need to understand um, and I think that I would, science and linguistics have always been things that have deeply, deeply fascinated me. And I think I would, with, in the absence of something to create, I would sort of delve deeper into trying to understand uh, things that I don't understand in science and linguistics. Mm -hmm. what, what do you think are some of the perks of being a composer? Um, I think that... I think that I mean I and like to start with I think it's awesome that I get to create the music that people will play. I also think that it allows you to view music in a in a different perspective than you can and then you would be able to as a performer and you can sort of step back and look at these things and look at how they work together and not just not just classical music um, but you know all the class all my teachers that I've had who are classical musicians you know, their music library is full of things that aren't classical music in any regard. And if you had someone on the fence, like you, your goal was to specifically sell them on the idea of going into composition, how would you go about doing that? <laughs> I think it'd be, if that person was a musician, <laughs> it's funny, it's funny that I, I can't, I can't think of a great, a great way to <laughs> sell my craft, you know, you don't, you don't make a whole lot of, uh, you probably don't make a whole lot of money. Um, the creating something and having it be putting it out, putting creating something that for someone else to play, um, I I find that idea very attractive. That I can I can make this coherent organism of music and I can give it to you. Uh, and you, uh, I can give it to a musician and they will be able to interpret it and understand it as this fully sort of complex work of art uh, and the ability to sort of have, create your work 
is one thing and then to have it someone someone play it is a whole other level of sort of joy that comes with creation uh, and it, i feel like in some ways it's a level that you wouldn't get with like graphic art because you can't have someone like interpret or you can have someone interpret a painting but there's no equivalent to like another person a performer having to play um that painting so i guess for the motivation behind composing pieces is being famous a thing you would want to do i think to me it seems clear in other art forms like the idea is to make it i'm going to make it and i'm going to sit back and let my work speak for itself but really what what's the drive here i feel like classical composition is just a little bit too too cynical to think that that you you could you could make it i think like and well you know success makes it easier to compose i think just to be commissioned to write things be it for you know a short film or be it for a musical or be it for anything to be commissioned to write things and have people ask you to write this piece of music for them for this specific purpose I would love that. I would love if that was a thing I would get to do regularly. Kind of just uh, back in the old days, just get a group of patrons support you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of ask you to constantly produce work. Um, still, I'm latching onto this. 14, what would you tell yourself, you know, five years ago? Oh, what I, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's still a valid question. Like, <laughs> You, you obviously you've seen growth within the craft, right? And knowing yeah, yeah. what you want to do, what advice would you give to? I would say listen more carefully to all and every kind of music that you encounter, um, because it will allow you to think more clearly about your own music and music in general later on. Hmm. Yeah, I've done, I've done, I'm a very good job of. Usually, when I talk about music, I talk about it uh, with in terms of theory. And I'm, I'm stretching so hard to, to, not, to not throw out a bunch of esoteric mu- musical <laughs> vocabulary um, when, I, when I do this. It's yeah. good. This episode is going to be a primer on like, all the technical <laughs> terms of classical music. All right, so yeah. maybe the flip side of that, 10 years from now, what do you think you'll be doing? Uh, 10 years, uh, 24. Um, Jesus. Yeah. Is that that's funny, but that's so far away um, for me. Ideally, like what I said, like having whether or not I'm commissioning something to be people are commissioning me to write things, or if they're just things that I get to write um, for other people uh, to play at a concert hall or at a recital. Um, yeah, just having other people play my music, I think, is a sort of wonderful, wonderful thing, and that's where I, I would hope to see myself in some version of that. And uh, just for closing out, is there any specific maybe learning experience or advice that's helped you go through this? Huh. Um, I don't think so. I think that I think that composition sort of. I I like I, I the way I was thinking about it in my head is I like stumbled onto it in a sense, um, and it, it wasn't particularly hard. It was it's. It's easy to start, and it's hard to keep momentum going. Thank you for listening, and next week is actually our last episode for a while.
Yeah. I thought I was going to have more to say about that, but no. Just no schedule. So that's going to be it for a while. Take care, and we'll see you next Friday. Thank you.